Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Gems. And as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral. And as always, there are video stores still in your hometown. Yes, come find us. Video stores still exist. We are in a video store somewhere in your hometown. But of course, guys, that is not what you're here for. You are here about the illustrious Butt Maestro. How's it going, buddy? Hi. Hi, everyone. Uh, didn't, did you forget to intro the dogs? Oh, no, I was going to talk about them, too. I'm sorry, Admiral. I was going to talk about them, too. The Fantastic, the Fantastic Miss Frida and the Honorable Tesla are here. Weirdly okay with not recording at our usual time because we don't usually record on Mondays. But they're okay with it? I mean, they're, they're going to be okay with sitting in a comfy room with you and with you talking into a microphone. Because I'm pretty sure they don't know what a microphone is. They're just like, oh, dad's talking into the abyss again. Yeah. Okay. He's talking to himself. <laughs> uh, he just he just has dad, a weird little earpiece. Dad's talking to Butt Maestro's ghost again. Okay. He just has a weird little earpiece and he's talking to Uncle Butt Maestro. Uncle Butt Maestro. Yeah, because dogs, as far as we know, don't have any kind of object permanence. As far as they know, I no longer exist. So the random times they heard me through the headset of your, uh, of, of, of your fucking earbuds, they're just like, oh, he's still alive? Yep, he's just haunted this little tiny earpiece. <laughs> but uh, hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. Uh, if you liked that little dose of weird in the beginning of this episode, get ready. That's what every episode is on this show, because we're just a bunch of opinionated nerds that talk about the shit we love, which most of the time happens to be movies. Yep. What about last week's episode? And this week... Bubba Hotep. Last week's episode is fucking weird. <laughs> it was pretty great. It was pretty fucking weird. This movie's also pretty weird, but it has one hugely redeeming factor, and that's Baby Tom Hanks. Baby Tom Hanks. 1988 Baby Tom Hanks. It's... it's oh, my God. All right. Baby Tom right. Hanks. So, I... Own the DVD. So before we get into the meat okay, and potatoes of this, do you want me to read the uh, the thing you yeah, sent so me? Yeah, so I own the DVD and I sent you the back cover of the DVD to read out on air. So why don't you go ahead and read out the the what you would see on the back of a DVD at like a video store or like if you're looking at something to buy or something. So go ahead and read it if you don't mind. So the the top corner of it is this big red print in quotes by Newsweek, and it says hilarious. The classic story about a boy who grew up overnight is an all-new, all-grown-up, extended-edition DVD featuring a wish list of never-before-seen special features, including an audio commentary by director Penny Marshall, over 12 minutes of deleted scenes, five featurettes, and more. This hilarious, Newsweek, nimble comedy, The Hollywood Reporter, has never been bigger. All 12-year-old Josh Baskin wants is to be big, but when his wish is granted beyond his wildest dreams, Josh finds a new face in the mirror. His own at age thirty, now aided by his own boisterous, uh, by aided only by his boisterous best friend, he'll have to keep his true age a secret as he tries to fill in his fill his oversized shoes. But as his innocent charm helps him to rise to the top of the adult world, Josh will face the biggest decision of his life: return to his own age or remain big forever. I don't. I think the cover sugarcoats the actual biggest decisions he makes. Yeah, no, that's an accurate description of of that of, of being sugarcoated. Um, now I he wakes up and finds a different face in the mirror. Tom Hanks. Um, so, 
So you've never seen this movie before. I suggested it, correct? Uh, I have only seen a few out-of-context bits and pieces on YouTube and other social medias when they just randomly pop up, specifically the big piano scene. I've seen that circulate around the internet a handful of times as an out-of-context clip. I had no idea this was the movie it was from. Uh, I'm so glad you made me watch this movie. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. It is... It is it is 80s suburban absurdity. Yep. It's the best way I can put it. It, it is 80s rich white people suburban absurdity. Um, as you said it, uh, uh, I think before we started recording, that this movie aged in a weird kind of way? Not bad, necessarily. Like, I would say the, the, the one thing about this movie that hasn't aged super well was him checking into the super sketchy motel. Yeah totally agree with you and i guess i put it the best that uh you're correct it has aged well not in a bad way but it's aged almost as yogurt ages like you know how yogurt is basically spoiled milk that you eat right yeah so that's what this movie is it's like the yogurt of these big body switch movies because this came out like when a bunch of body switch movies came out oh yeah but body switching was kind of a a big sci-fi thing in the late 80s and early 90s because it was really easy to get some really good actors to just play each other yep <laughs> uh, if anybody wants to watch one that's really good uh george burns is an 18 again that is a hilarious movie um go check that one out uh that one i really liked a lot but i but big has a special heart in my place because um i remember wait try that again uh big has a special heart in my place Turn it around. <laughs> Special heart in my place is big. Oh. Well. It has a special place in your heart? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean what you know. Thank you for pointing that out on air. And this will not be edited in any way, shape, or form to take it out. Um, so. No, because we're once again gunning for podcasts with the least editing. Yeah. As we got nominated for that, so that's all that matters, even though it was like six years ago, I think. Or like, oh god, was it... It wasn't that long, was, was it? Was it four years ago? Or three... It was three years ago. Oh my god. Because it was... Was it? Oh my it god. It was during the pandemic. Oh god. Um, so, um, Big Big has a special place in my heart. Um, because... There you go. Um, I, uh, I watched it with my mom and grandmother a lot, and my grandmother revealed to me that the director of this is Penny Marshall, a.k.a. Penny Marshall, yep. Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. Oh. Yes. Yes. Cute. Yes. I, I've heard the name Penny Marshall before. I didn't know what all she uh, did. She's also directed a league, of, she, a league okay. of Their Own as well. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so she really likes Tom yeah. Hanks. and she's also the first female director ever to direct a movie that grossed over $100 million in the box office. Cool. Yeah, so, thank you, Penny Marshall. So, R.I.P. You will be missed. So, let's get into the plot of this movie. All right. Because <laughs> it's, it's interesting, and I do want to point out some things about it that I'm not going to say haven't aged well, but because of... 
certain things that have happened in the last few decades, certain plot points in this movie had a little more suspense than I think they originally did. And I'll point them out as we go. Okay, so... I, I think it's Josh Baskin. Sorry. Him. I've... You know, it's really weird to record on a, mo- on a Monday afternoon. Broke a new but that's besides the point. Also, I think this is a weird prequel that John Hurd um, made money in uh, New York and then moved to Chicago and started his own business. And that's how he and the McAllisters were able to go to Paris for Christmas. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, you were the first to point it out, but I was also going to point out how weird that Kevin McAllister's dad was in this as the yeah. dick. Yeah. Uh, 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 my 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 headcanon is that this big is a prequel to Home Alone. Like, <laughs> that's how I feel. Um, but uh, yeah. So okay. All right. So do you want to talk about Robert Lagoda, by the way, the uh, the general from Independence Day? Wait, 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 wait. Pronounce that name one more time, Admiral. Isn't Robert Lagada or Lagoda? Loja. Loja. It's Robert Loja. Loja. Robert Loja. Robert Loja. But but what did you think about him being this weird, cool character? I loved him so... Okay, so to summarize the first third of this movie, less than... Little Josh Baskin is a 12-year-old boy hanging out with his best friend and his parents... He's kind of crushing on a girl because he does. He hasn't really talked to girls yet. His family takes him to a little town fair, state fair thing. It's it, in New it Jersey. Like, it's in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, and he has a crush on this girl. He tries to get on a ride. They turn him away because he's short. He finds this uh, this thing Zoltar. 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 telling machine. And he's getting all pissed and he just wants to be big. And it shoots out a car sta- card uh, that says, Your wish is granted. And the next morning, he wakes up to be baby Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yep. That's the first 20 minutes of this movie. Is you think it's going to be a normal movie? Like, it, it feels like it's going in a home, home Alone direction for a little bit. Ironically, because John Hurd is in this. But yep. it, it takes a weird turn. And... You know, I feel like we, the audience, were sitting here yelling at Josh, going, okay, wait, there's a better way to convince your mom that you are who you say you are, and you're completely flubbing it, but you're also panicking in, in what feels like a totally natural way. Yeah. I also find it weird that what happens if his mom were to stab him? Would he be old when he died, or would he revert back to his younger self? That, that's a very good... That's a whole nother movie. That's, like, honestly, this this movie could have split off into a bunch of different timelines just based on the different ways the mom could have reacted. And that's why the TVA made this movie big. The TVA is... <laughs> the TVA made it. Wow. We haven't gotten new Loki in, like, over a year. Yeah. I actually started rewatching it. I might do that again soon. Because I remember it being really good. Um, uh, okay. So, so his friend yeah. is a total bro. He pops up at school looking like a total fucking creep. Uh, and he finds his friend, Billy. Sc- scares the fuck out of him. Billy is 
reasonably freak the fuck out because who are you grown-ass man claiming to be my best friend and wearing my best friend's clothes this is weird oh you know our secret handshake okay i guess that makes sense and he just buys it <laughs> yeah uh that's all he needs is their weird <laughs> shimmy shimmy coco pop shimmy yeah that's all he needs <laughs> yeah i mean if you had if you had a best friend growing up and that was your only friend and you did your secret handshake, it's like, wow, no one else would know that. Like, that's... That's fair. That's believable. Um, there, there's there's a handful of ways, I think, that I would make sure that you were you if you were in, like, a different body or there were clones of you. I think I would know how to suss out the real Admiral. Yeah, I, it could be like, it'd be like, don't shoot me, shoot him. No, shoot me, man. Oh, you're the real admiral. I'm going to shoot the other guy because you said shoot you. It's like, yep, that's me. I'm that guy. It's just like, shoot me, man. Just get it over with. I was just going to have, I was just going to have you, uh, I was going to threaten to make you watch The Last Airbender and the one with the strongest reaction doesn't get shot. <laughs> well, oh, see, I thought you would have been like, what's the worst episode of the podcast Cinema Jibs we've ever done? Okay, so it's a toss up oh. between what if. And and you'd be like, all right, that's it. You're you're real. You're real. Yep. You're real. Yep. That's the real one. Real. So <laughs> he uh he 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 and Billy hide out in New, in New York City. Yeah. I think, or is it Chicago? No, it's New York. It's New York. Because they go to Times Square, and I love how the bum. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. here. Okay. But Maestro, can you hear me? I, now I can hear you. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Uh, what about, what about the homeless guys? I get her knife and a, and a stab her. I'm like, wow. Wow. That was really random and not needed in the movie. But like, holy shit. That shows, that shows how batshit crazy New York was in the late eighties. Like, so they navigate bureaucracy or they, you're right. We shouldn't get, skip past the weird, uh, sketchy motel. Uh, that they buy by raiding Billy's dad's uh, little little savings. It's in a sock drawer for emergencies only. I mean, this would constitute an emergency. That's an act- it's really hard to explain, but I think it would constitute an emergency. Yeah. Um, and so uh, then they navigate, he, they he, go to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets a data entry job at the McMillan Toy Company. Uh, and then through just sheer childhood wonder fumbles his way up the corporate ladder to being like the head of research and development well, at this he's toy company. vice president of research and development. Yeah, and all right. he has to do is play with toys and be a kid all day. I wanted this job as a child. I still want this job. <laughs> this would be great. Like, yeah, what yeah, it would shit? be great. It would be great. Um, and so then we, uh, well, how he gets it is he goes to FAO Schwartz on the weekend, and his boss goes there because you know he likes to see what sells and what doesn't, and he meets yeah. his boss, and then we get to the infamous piano scene, um, which is really cute. Are they playing Heart and Soul? Correct. Yes. Okay, and you can play that with two people. Heart and Soul, and then Chopsticks. Well, oh, okay. You can play it with two people. You, if you have two functioning hands, you can also play it by yourself. 
but it is kind of one of those songs that's meant to be like two random people sitting next to each other at a piano and one person knows the top hand the other person knows the bottom hand and it just works out because it's a very simple piece oh okay uh yeah it's, and then he, it's also got a lot a lot of room to make overly complicated if you want <laughs> like they do like they do with the giant piano yes the giant piano okay um so actually what, what, what about so, the giant piano so according to uh penny marshall she actually contact faa schwartz to the exact specifications of the piano that you can that rolls out on the floor and they built it, yeah. and as of, uh, I did check a couple years ago, as of a couple years ago, it's still there in FAO Schwartz in New York, and you can go and dance on the actual piano that Tom Hanks and uh, Robert, Robert Loja. Robert Loja did as well. And then, after that, you know, he's, he, he gets a big paycheck, he, he gets a corner apartment, um, he gets all this cool-ass stuff, he gets a blow-up Godzilla, like, he gets a... a he gets just about every video game slash pinball that he wants. And he gets a Pepsi machine that he rigs it up so you don't have to use quarters. Yep. Um, and, of course, also... He, he gets the dream apartment. Yeah. It's it's the dream, plain and simple. This place is awesome. Yeah. It doesn't have anything practical, but it's fucking great. That's an accurate description. That's everybody's first apartment. Everybody's first apartment is that. You know, just there. Yeah. Uh, and what about... Absolutely. Uh, what about... He keeps looking for the Zoltar machine. The Zoltar machine. And I do have a question for you about Maestro. Have you ever actually seen a Zoltar machine in real life? I don't think I have. Okay. Next time I'm uh, at a mall uh, in Central Florida, there's a Zoltar machine. I'm going to send you a picture of it and... Uh, now that Patron has watched the movie, she's going to be like, Zoltar! So, yeah. Um, I can't wait to take a picture of the actual Zoltar machine. You know what? Next time I'm there, I'm going to post it on Instagram on the Cinema Gems page that, hey, Zoltar machines still exist. And I want you guys to respond with the Zoltar machine. Like, if you have a Zoltar machine in your area, just send it back. Please. Please. Send it to cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Yes, please do. Um, uh, and so then uh, Josh gets the realization, does he want to stay big? Does he want to go back to being small? He has this like conflict of like, he has a midlife crisis at 12 slash 13 because he shouldn't have this kind of crisis. But look, we've all been there. We've all been there. You think about the days of 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 yonder, where you th- dream about being a kid, and you see all this, and, and you just the childlike wonder that you had as a kid. But he's still twelve slash thirteen. Okay. And then he meets. Uh, Susan. We do have to mention. I think the biggest con- contributing factor to his weird midlife thirteen-year-old crisis uh, is the woman that he works with that inexplicably falls head over heels in love with him, who, I'm sorry, this was very distracting to me, and it made me love her even more. Elizabeth Perkins, a.k.a. Susan, in this movie, looks so much like Millie Bobby Brown in 15 years. Wow, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you're right. 
L from Stranger Things. No, I I, I know who she her, is. Her face, her smile, her her cheekbones, the hair, the, the like so many of her mannerisms, and it it, it just oh. I could I couldn't not see L. It was weird and a little bit distracting, uh, but also made me kind of hope for a different angle, a different ending of this movie. Uh, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I do have to point out. That when Josh and Susan started seeing each other, uh, and Josh is trying to drop the fact that he's actually a kid, but they're screwing around anyway, even though him being mentally a kid, he has no idea what he's doing. No, uh, Patron laughs so hard when he's like, like, sleep over? Okay, but I get top. <laughs> I had to pause the movie because um, she laughed so I, hard. So you remember earlier when I mentioned that certain things about this movie have aged in a way that uh, certain plot lines have more suspense now than they probably did when it came out. Yeah, I remember. It. Um, I was very concerned that uh, Susan would be found out for having dated someone who's actually a child. Mentally a child? Um, yes. Oh, like, no, literally a child. That would, in the age of the internet, that would come back to bite her. Also, in the age of the internet, doesn't, isn't Josh her boss? Uh, technically, I don't think so, because he's a part of a different department. I, I think there is still probably some level of conflict of interest going probably. on here. Uh, some kind of you know, it 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 just ooh well, it just screams. Well, HR well the red thing flag. about it is is that he's the only man in her office not to make goog not that to make googly her. eyes at her. Like he has childlike yeah. wonder, and that's what she likes about it. That's what she likes about it. Is that he like he doesn't care about sex? He doesn't care about this. He cares about living in the moment because he's literally a kid. Yeah. And Tom Hanks makes it so believable that he is a thirteen-year-old child in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so then he finds uh, his his best friend. Uh, you know. Oh, by the way, did you notice the, uh, the the his assistant, Tom Hanks' assistant? You know who that is, right? Who? That's Kitty from the '70s show. Mmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I thought I recognized her. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, that that is Kitty. Um, Cute. And so, so after his friend barges in, he's like, "Look, I found the machine." Blah blah. This and and you know, Josh is like, "Look, I can't do this right now, man. I, I have other stuff to do." And he's like, "But you're supposed to go back to your life to be a kid." Like blah blah. And he's like, and he's just like, you know, I'm three months older than you, asshole. And he like, you know, he just leaves. He he goes outside and, you know, he he's about to do this giant Josh is about to do this giant board meeting and talk about basically a tablet. He wants to create a tablet in the nineteen. Yeah, he wants to create the tablet. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> um so he, you know, in the middle of the tablet, John Hurd's character, aka Kevin McAllister's dad is like is doing what Josh did in his uh in his you know showdown. Uh I don't get it. So Josh is like, "Oh, well, I don't understand big people stuff, so I'm going to go and be small again." 
So he literally... Yeah, and Susan stands right up and is just like, fuck you, I hate you, how dare you mess up his flow. Yeah, yeah, how dare... His pitch is perfect, like, why would you do that? So, then, um, he basically goes to the Zoltar machine, Zoltar, um, and then makes the wish to be small again, and uh, Susan drives him home, and um, as he's walking away, she puts her head down, and she looks up, and it's young Josh again, Yep. and... He goes back inside. I, I will say when uh, when he when Josh ran to the Zoltan for the last time, Zoltar kicked it and it spit out his thing. Zoltar, sorry. Uh, and Susan ran up to it. I thought that the Zoltan machine, Zoltar, Zoltar machine, had spit out another "Your wish has been granted" card. Oh. So that's the alternate ending to this movie that I want, where she also embraces her own inner child so hard that she also becomes a kid to grow up with Josh. Yep, that's that's. Is that the darkest timeline, or is the darkest timeline him getting stabbed? I think by his that mother? might be the light. I th- I I don't know. I think that might be the best timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. So that's the review of the movie. Before we give our rating. We need to talk about the implications of this of this movie. Okay, cool. So number one, he is going. Josh is going to be in a deep dark depression for the rest of his life because he lived as a thirty year old for three to four months, possibly, um, and he has a, this create you know acquired this insane amount of debt that he is probably not going to be able to pay off even when he reaches actual 18 and also how is he able to get an apartment without a social security number like i i hate that i thought this but what the fuck is gonna happen to that company oh my god the the person who was digging that company out of whatever recession it was in and into a new golden age of profit and creativity just fucking disappeared wow (laughs) no what happens if well no that's the implication that that Susan is going to be charged for his murder because he will be oh. he will he will be gone. So that's also another implication. Um, but also, just in general, um, Josh will like. Is he gonna like one of my friends? Uh, one of my friends slash coworkers at work. I also mentioned this when I told him we were reviewing this movie. Um, the sequel is he goes into a deep dark depression and tries and goes and finds a Zoltar machine again. When he's actual 30 yeah, and just looks out for worldwide to go back to being 13 again. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Th- like this movie, look, it's supposed to be lighthearted and funny. But if you think about it on a deep level perspective, this movie's pretty fucking weird. It's pretty weird, but it's very charming. It's cute. Yeah. In, in terms of some of the weird rom, kind of rom-coms, kind of comedies, kind of sci-fi kind of other things in the 80s this is i think up there with uh multiplicity yeah yeah well that one didn't it come out in the 90s did didn't it oh this is 19 no this is 88 uh I'll, i'll double check i'll double check michael keaton month you go ahead 
Oh, I don't remember when Multiplicity came out. That had to have been the late 80s, though. Uh, I'll check it out. You go ahead. But go this ahead movie is just absolutely charming. We, we forgot to mention John Lovitz as uh, Tom Hanks's weird office cranky co-worker for like the first day that he's there before he fumbles up the corporate ladder. Uh, yeah, Multiplicity came out in 1996. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I just want to make sure, okay? That's it. Uh, um, what you got? Uh, no, I was going to say uh, I agree with you about everything that you said. So here on Cinema Gems, we have a fun little rating system where whole gem means an amazing movie. Half gem, yeah, it's pretty all right. No gem, don't even worry about it. Admiral, what what do you think of Big? I know you own this on DVD, so already that's at least a half gem. So, implications of just a feel good hard movie that I want to watch when I have a good t- when to have a good time that I just want to watch to like, you know, to be like, oh, the '80s wonder, full gem. But when you start to think about the implications of everything that's gone wrong and the dark deep depression that Joshua will have and and everything he won't be able to be right he's going to have a sh- have to have a shit ton of therapy after this yeah oh he's he's definitely going to need therapy it's still a full gem yeah i still think this movie is a full gem mainly because the believability of tom hanks as a 13 year old boy in a 30 year old body yeah oh my god it so jeez this movie is amazing so whole gem from you but maestro but my yes, whole gem. But my sure, what do you get? Uh, same whole gem. It was very charming. I actually laughed out loud at a few parts. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention the music of this movie, Admiral. How did you not tell me that the man who composed the legendary scores for all of the Lord of the Rings films, Howard Shore, made the music for this movie? I don't know. <laughs> Do you just expect me to bump into that eventually and be like, hey now, wait a minute. Yeah, that's why you're on this show. You're the music guy. <laughs> yeah, Howard Shore made the music for this 1988 rom-com. <laughs> and it's actually pretty good at some points. <laughs> like, it's not quite Lord of the Rings, but it's still pretty good. Okay, I mean, it does have childlike wonder, so I kind of, maybe that's what he was going for when he did Lord of the Rings for the Hobbits. Oh, for sure. Probably. For sure. Um, oh, Absolutely. oh, also, um, uh, Annie Spielberg wrote this, uh, wrote half of this with Gary Ross, um, and she actually wanted her brother, Steven yeah. Spielberg, to direct it, but he left the picture because he had just had a child who was born, um, and then that's when Penny Marshall came and took over. But, uh, yeah, we could have got Steven Spielberg to direct this. But I feel like Penny Marshall was the perfect choice for this because she just encapsulated the wonder of, like, a bygone era like she did with Laverne and Shirley. So I feel that she could capture it perfectly as directing this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you knew the the music. Sorry I didn't, sorry I didn't mention it. I guess now i got to look at the music oh, now good. and be like, oh, hey, this guy did this. And you'd be like, what? Uh, no, you don't have to. You're right. That's my job. Um, 
everyone who listens to this show expects me to notice the music by now. I'm well, well, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess with last week was Bubba Hotep, you were the action, like, it just escalates further up and further up, and you're like, oh my god! Oh god! That's your voice in my head, by the way. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why. But, uh, guys, we just want to thank you, Marty and the Eric Zerber, for letting us use the website lowrampictures.com also kevin george thank you for letting us use your music and also guys just to remember that look life is hard and we are all going through it together but you have to make sure that you think about the other person before you speak think about everything that is possibly going wrong in your life and try to communicate it with the person that is talking to you walk a mile in their shoes care about them before care about them but Take care of yourself first. Remember that you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Absolutely. Also, guys, thank you for listening uh, for the podcast. Thank you for being here. And also, guys, just remember, next week is the Oscar picks. And we know why. We know. Hey, we know. We know. It's a week early, but we have a special, (laughs) a very special review coming out on March 10th. We're not going to say what it is, but next week is the Oscars, guys. But, Maestro, do you have anything else to say before we go? Thank you, as always, to all of our amazing Swapper Jacks friends and family. We appreciate you all for the constant feedback and love and support and constructive criticism. Uh, You can send more of that constructive criticism and feedback. And what did you think of this movie? What did you think of our thoughts on it? to cinemagems15 at gmail.com as well as the twitter page while it's still around cinemagems underscore pod and you can see some fun behind the scenes stuff mostly admiral and the the puppers yes. at uh cinemagems pod on instagram let's be honest it's mostly the dogs and that's fine i i think people love to see random pictures and videos of dogs especially tesla and frida they're fucking adorable yeah and all the pictures I've sent you about the uh, local random TIE fighter that goes around. Yes. I know. Yeah. You're like, wait, you have TIE fighters in your area? Yeah, it's Florida, man. Just I mean, I knew you them, lived right? right by Disney World, right by Dark Spire Outpost. Black Spire Outpost? I don't remember. Yes, Black Spire Outpost is the correct term. Uh, it's okay. But hey, okay. we love y'all. Take care of yourselves. Uh yeah. Just remember, guys, to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember also, guys, that black lives always, always. matter. Love y'all. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. I think that might be the light. I, th- I, I don't know. I think that might be the best timeline. <laughs>